the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Right Makes Might. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield. Strewn with debris of a fallen world, it challenges even the hardest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. And step into As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelo. Friends, welcome. It's Saturday morning, and we're back to talk with you about courageous Christianity at the intersection of our faith and this troubled world. As always, I'm joined by my wonderful wingman, Christy Stratton. Good morning, Richard, and everyone. Morning, Christy. Friends, a couple months ago, I was in Hawaii, and as always, I walked from my hotel in Waikiki to Diamond Head, and along the way is an area of scrub brush between the ocean and the road. Uh, On the other side of the barrier for the curve is a area maybe 10 feet wide and 20 feet long. And then there's a 200 foot drop down to the water and it's an absolutely beautiful sight. And on this morning, there was a lady clearing the brush. She was pulling weeds and she was cutting some things back and I wondered what she was doing. I was back two weekends ago and in the area where she had worked, There was this little oasis, about 10 foot by 20 feet, of beautiful green grass. And on this grass, a couple people were doing yoga. Mm. And I thought about this area of scrub, Mm -hmm. rocky soil, where she had pulled weeds and created a spiritual refuge. And initially she was in it by herself. But then these people came to join And now they were a part of her effort. And it was just amazing to me because it exemplified courageous Christianity. Initially. Beautiful beautiful picture in my mind. Yeah. Initially, she started by herself. She had the courage. She believed that if she did her part, God would do his part. And his part was to grow the grass. And now other people are there with her. And it's going to be very hard for nature to take that ground back provided everybody does their little job. Yeah. So I really wanted to tell you this story, and I know it sounds silly, but the strategy in counterinsurgency is always clear, hold, and build. You clear the area of the bad guys, you provide security, and you hold it, and then you build on that. 
So she kind of did that. She did that. It's it's called the ink blot theory of counterinsurgency. If there's a little spot of ink on a page over here and then a little spot of ink over there, the ink blots kind of grow as the ink spreads in the paper and then they join up and then you've got a big blue spot. Mm. And it speaks to how our efforts can link to one another and create this uh, change. And she did. She created a place for yoga. I love the word you use, refuge. Well, I see yoga as spiritual refuge, but it really was amazing because the fact that it's on a rocky outcropping on this cliff made it precarious, and still she was there. Yeah, okay. And you said 200 feet down? 200 feet down is the ocean, and it's beautiful, and I just thought it was amazing, and I wanted to share that with you. And as I shared that, I had several thoughts, and and this is probably going to boggle your mind, but I actually thought about the principles of war. And, well, I guess that makes sense. I mean, you are a colonel. <laughs> right. And I guess I always think about that kind of stuff. But the fact that I'm taking a walk in Hawaii and I see this thing and my first instinct is, oh, I want to tell all the listeners about this. Oh, that's awesome. And the next instinct is, well, this is exactly like unity of command. So there's nine principles of war. Some people say 10, but most people say nine. And principles of war are these rules and these guidelines that represent truths in the practice of war and military operations. And we violate these guidelines at our own peril. So before we push on, let me make my disclaimer and tell you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. And with that out of the way, let's pray and then move on to this exciting discussion about the principles of war. Please pray. Heavenly Father, give us strength to take a stand. Help us, O Lord, to have the courage to sow seeds of truth in the rocky soil of this broken world. Guide us, Father, as we seek to bring our unique gifts to bear on those in darkness, that your light may produce a harvest of faith. May your love be a comfort and an inspiration to all in these troubled times. We pray in Jesus' courageous name. Amen. Amen. So unity of command, what is that? Okay, so the principles of war. Uh, For example, surprise. We can all figure that out. If you surprise the guys, that's good. Mass, economy of force, maneuver, objective. These are all principles of war. Okay. Well, unity of command says that all forces operate under a single commander with the requisite authority to direct all forces employed in the pursuit of a common purpose. It means that you have to have one general in charge of everything, otherwise the troops get confused about what they're doing. Okay. For example, in World War II, in the Battle of the Pacific, the Army was under MacArthur and the Navy was under Nimitz. Nimitz didn't want to allow the Navy to be under an Army guy. Okay. And MacArthur wanted everything. Consequently, there was this two-headed attack through the Pacific and things weren't as well synchronized as they could have been. Uh, In the Civil War, for example, from 1861 to 1864, the Union forces did not have unity of command. Okay. Until in 1864, General Ulysses S. Grant brought everything under his command, and it brought the war to a conclusion. Mm. So it's important because we have unity of command as Christians in a God that we can trust, who is faithful, who has demonstrated that he will resource us and give us a mission to have his kingdom here on earth. Okay. So the devil opposes this. Okay, how so? Well, 
He makes all these other little generals. For instance, materialism, money, sex, greed. These are little generals. And if we're not careful, we find ourselves taking orders from this little general who says, you've got to keep up with the Joneses. So we're kind of all over the place. We're all over the place. Okay. And I always think of it like a pinball machine. We're banging into each other. We're, <laughs> yeah. Here's an example. Bing, bang, boom, right? <laughs> in 2014, I ran the Marine Corps Marathon in Washington, D.C., and 25,000 people participated in this marathon. And in the most orderly fashion, all according to the same goal, people moved through the streets of Washington, D.C., the last organized thing that probably happened there. Mm-hmm. And everyone went toward their objective. There was mutual support and encouragement, and we ran this great marathon. We had a vision of the end of the finish line, and one commander, one objective, one purpose. Otherwise, we're just banging into each other. Hey, I'm trying to be powerful and uh, put everything under my heel. And it's kind of like when the devil said to Jesus in the temptation in the wilderness, you can have all of this, mm-hmm. or you're hungry, have this bread, which speaks to the appetites of the flesh, right. or test your God, jump off this uh, steeple and the angels will bear you up. So there's our appetites, there's our desire to have all these things, and there's our questioned belief in God. Sounds like distraction. It's distraction. And so all of these things are examples of how, if we're not careful, we can lose unity of command as, as a community, as a church, as the body of Christ. So God says, first and foremost is him. Second, love your neighbor as yourself, which means you got to love yourself. You have to nurture that relationship. That's your faith in the general. And then you have your family mm-hmm. because family is the building block of community and church. And then you have your calling whereby you pursue the kingdom of God in all of your efforts. Mm -hmm. And finally, there's your job. Well, that's what the general in heaven says. And we understand that. And the next thing you know, you're working 18 hours a day to make your next bonus. Maybe you're a car salesman and you need to sell 17 cars to get to your kicker. Right. Or you're a doctor who just needs to serve And you came to the profession in the first place because you want to serve. And now the profession owns you and you have time for nothing else. And now that's your focus. And that's your focus. And so when I say that you end up obeying these other generals, it's not that you've done something wrong. No, not at all. It's 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 the devil. Ultimately, it's the devil. Ultimately, but it's life, too. It's life and it's slow and it's insidious and it's the world. And that's why we have to constantly reaffirm our faith and our focus on the general in heaven so that we have unity of command. And that's what the Sabbath is all about. Oh, yeah. One day a week, you (laughs) empty yourself of the world so that you can fill yourself with God. And I'll tell you, as I think about spending time at home uh, because of the threat of this virus and the spread of this virus, I think about the amazing good that will come out of this forced rest, this forced slowdown Right. As we are forced to spend time with our Bibles, in prayer, asking God to help with our families, nurturing our families. And all of that to me is about the most amazing unity of command. So I have a riddle for you. Okay. 
A riddle. Yay. A riddle. Very exciting. <laughs> what do Unity of Command, a grocery store, a magazine stand, and Ephesians chapter 4 have in common? Okay, I have no idea. You're going to have right. to tell us. I know the listeners are like, what? I'm, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm what? I'm, I'm like, going to tell you. Okay. There's a lot of strange things about me, not many of which I'll talk about on the air, but two of which I will. And they are this. They are these. These are they. That's okay. Not sure. <laughs> That's a strange thing too. <laughs> when I walk into the grocery store, I always go in by the produce section and I stand there for a second and I just stare because I am amazed. I'm amazed at the way God provides fruits, vegetables, every color, every fragrance, every taste. And he provides this for his people who are unique and each imbued with different talents. I'm reminded of a, this is a bit of a silly story, but I found a little turtle once and I took it home to my son and we named him Titus. <laughs> Titus sure. the turtle. Titus the turtle. <laughs> and we spent the afternoon, we got an aquarium and we spent the afternoon making this awesome home for him. And we got a rock and we put it on the bottom of the aquarium and we filled it with some water because turtles like water. And then we went running around the yard looking for all kinds of leaves and, oh, here's a stick. Titus will That's love this stick. That's a lucky turtle. It's a lucky turtle. <laughs> and as I did that, I was thinking about God. And I was thinking yeah. about as careful as we were in making this little home for Titus, the turtle. So God <laughs> Titus the turtle. made this amazing home for us and all kinds of of fruits and vegetables. And here's one that I always think about. For people who believe in, in evolution, I always think, okay, so Mozart came from a muddy puddle in an accidental universe. And by the way, if human beings don't get vitamin C, they die in like six, year, uh, six months to a year after their teeth fall out. But God provided these incredibly colorful, tasty fruits that have vitamin C in them. That makes us want to eat them. That makes yeah. us want to eat them. Right. And we get the vitamin C. And by the way, a hospital in New York just found that there might be a correlation between COVID-19 treatment and vitamin C. Really? Yeah, they say that your vitamin C gets incredibly depleted, so they're treating it by huge vitamin C infusions. But uh, that's a bit of a detour. My point is how carefully God resources his people, his warriors on the battlefield, like a general who gives a mission and then ensures that his troops have everything they need to do the mission. So God does with us. And as I stand there staring at the grocery store, I take neither God for granted in, in producing that, nor the hands that stock those, those grocery stores. Right. And I'm grateful for all of it. Very careful, very meticulous. Okay, so you said grocery store. I got Ephesians. I got Unity of Command. There was one other thing. A magazine stand. Yeah, what okay. was that? Another <laughs> Tell bizarre us about that thing. one. <laughs> I'll go in the bookstore or I'm in the airport and I walk past a magazine stand and I will stand there and stare at the magazines. And as I look at all these different co covers with different pictures on the front and they represent different interests, I let my eyes go out of focus. And in this amazing collage, I think about the heart, the brain, the person who's out there waiting for that next episode, whether it's photography or remodeling or guns and ammo or fashion or fitness or whatever, fitness, National Geographic. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, one big bookstore has like four or five rows of magazines front and back, and it's incredible. So these different people with all these different interests and a heart for God are resourced differently 
and we're expected to obey this general unity of command. Get out there and do my mission. And what is our mission? Our mission is to glorify God. Yeah. So that others will know how careful he is and others will know how much he loves us. And that brings us to the final part of the riddle, which is Ephesians, Ephesians. chapter 4. And Ephesians chapter 4 talks exactly to this point. And it has to do with a general that has trained his forces to do all these different tasks. Verse 12 says that God provided apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service. We each have different talents together in unity under one general, resourced with his amazing love, and given this opportunity, we, we bring it all to bear on the mission, which is to glorify God. Verse 15 says that we must speak the truth in love so that we can grow in our ability to serve. We're here to serve. Verse 18 says that we must not live as the world, which is darkened in its understanding. So in order to do anything good, you have to separate yourself so that you can focus on God. I'm going to get to that in a second. Would you please remind me to talk about Isaiah chapter 44? Because something that just absolutely cracks me up, but it has to do with this. Of course. Thank you. My wingman job. Awesome. <laughs> Verse 25 says that we are all members of one body, the community in Christ. We are the church. Verse 28 of Ephesians chapter 4 says, do something useful. And verse 29 says, watch your mouth. Why? Because the things we say are incredibly powerful. The Bible speaks about the power of your mouth amazingly. It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm. And so we can do good or we can do incredibly uh, uh, damaging things that damage the unity of the church. We can do incredibly damaging things Incredibly with the damaging word. things. Thank you so much. So to recap. Serve, speak the truth in love, distance yourself from the world. And it's not just social distancing, it's also moral and uh, cultural distancing. Think in terms of community, do something useful, and watch that your mouth doesn't upset our opportunity in Christ. So, I asked you to remind me about uh, Isaiah chapter Isaiah 44. 44, yes. And talking about the little generals on the battlefield that the devil tries to prop up in front of us to get us distracted from the big general on whom we should focus that is Jesus. Isaiah chapter 44 has, uh, I think it's incredibly funny, but maybe it's not funny. Maybe it's really sad. But he says in there that a carpenter takes a block of wood from a tree. He cuts it in half. Half of it he uses to provide warmth and to bake his bread. And the other half he carves into an idol. And then he prays to that idol and wonders why that idol doesn't fix his problems. Mm. Sad and humorous to me. Because we make these idols of our own hands and of our own belief and where we spend our time and where we spend our effort, and then we think that they're going to solve our problems. Well, that can't be because, number one, they're not of God, and number two, how can something that we make solve our problems? And so... Unity of command speaks to the fact that God is in command of everything and that as we glorify him and pursue him with our resources, which he provides, by the way, then good will be done. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Friends, I hope that's not too scatterbrained and I hope that makes sense for you. And 
I hope that as I thought about this when I was in Hawaii, as I pictured each of you, I pictured a woman in a kitchen providing for her family, cooking, cleaning, maybe listening to the show on the computer. And I wanted to tell her that you can just own that. You can own a corner of the battlefield and keep your eyes focused on God. And it matters what you do. Do everything as if unto the Lord. Be faithful. He is watching. He will resource you to the the guy who's losing sleep over providing for his family. I get it. And again, have faith in that general. Everybody on the battlefield can count on the general to resource them and provide for them. Um, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you have an opportunity. And when that opportunity is focused on God, he will resource it and provide for you. He will make the grass grow if you just take the time to clear with your hands. Sounds like it matters. It all matters. It matters. matters. And that brings us to the moment of truth because we're talking about what matters. So in each show, we have a moment of truth, which is designed to remind us that in all of our conversation, the Bible will shed God's light. Easy for me to say. The Bible will shed God's light And through it, we will have understanding. Today's moment of truth comes from Ephesians chapter 4, the first six verses. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Mm. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Friends, that's unity of command. When we each submit ourselves to the commanding general, humble and faithful, striving together in love, we can take back the rocky terrain of this world according to his will. As you know, I like to finish every show with a quote. And another example of unity of command was the Battle of Waterloo, where the Prussian General von Field Marshal von Blücher subordinated his troops to Sir Arthur Wellesley, the Duke of Wellington, and together they defeated Napoleon at Waterloo in 1815. So, today's quote comes from Napoleon, and he said, There are only two forces in the world, the sword and the spirit. In the long run, the sword will always be conquered by the Spirit. The reason why the devil goes to such extremes to set before us the idols of materialism, beauty, money, and power is that he understands that if we give our spirit to God, by his power and beneath his unity of command, the devil doesn't stand a chance. For this reason, during these critical times, we must stand together, all those who serve the God of Abraham, Unity in God's truth and his love will overcome all adversity. There is no power that can stand against it. Friends, as Christians, we glorify God so that others will know he is the commander, that he is faithful, loving, and trustworthy, and that they can give themselves to his command with complete faith. In giving ourselves to God to command, he can direct all of our efforts on this battlefield. Scripture says, with man this is impossible, but with God All things are possible. At the same time, God wants to work through us. As I have said before, if he was going to wave his hand and fix things, he would have done so. He wants to fix things through us. When we give ourselves to his command, the work of fixing things by his direction can begin. And the sooner the better. People are really struggling. 
Washington can't fix it. The media certainly can't fix it. But we can. Wherever we are, we can fix things with God's help, His guidance, His provision, and His empowerment. All it takes is the courage to believe that you can make a difference as you are with what you have at this very moment. The lady in Hawaii who claimed a piece of rocky soil and made a place of spiritual refuge gives us an example. You can take ownership of your place and do everything as if unto the Lord. There are no perfect people. There are no perfect plans. And there is no perfect time. But we do serve a perfect God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he will work all things together for good. Mm. Amen. If you want to know more about how to be a warrior in these challenging times, read your Bible. And if you'd like to know more about spiritual warfare from the military perspective, please read my book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. It is available on Kindle at Amazon and in paperback at rightmakesmight.com. Should you want to reach me, I can be contacted at rich at richardmandelow.com or 281-656-1833. Friends, thank you for joining Christy and me today for Courageous Christianity. We are grateful for you and we are with you. I'm Richard Mendelow. God bless and semper fi.